Hey CEO, I have an important question for you today. Are you running your business or is your business running you? If it's time to get your business in order so you can fully step into your role as a confident, in-control CEO, then I want to invite you to this advanced training series that I'm hosting live on May 20th through May 24th. We're calling it the 90 Day CEO Sustainable Success Series. And over these four days, we're gonna break down our research-backed, client-proven process to help you sustainably scale your business without hustling, without overworking, and without burnout. If you've been winging it in your business, hoping that you'll eventually get caught up and telling everyone in your life that when things calm down, you'll be a real functioning human again, this series is especially for you so that you can reclaim your life as you scale up your business. All you have to do is head over to theceocollective.com slash success and sign up. We can't wait to see you there. When many entrepreneurs start thinking about how they can grow their business, they usually go back into their top secret entrepreneur cave and begin coming up with all sorts of new products, programs, or services. The problem with this approach, though, is they are doing this 100% without the actual input from real buyers, from actual clients and customers who are already familiar with you and your business. Well, in this very special episode with one of our CEO Collective founding members, Lane Lyons, we are talking about how she is on track to double her business by tapping into the needs of her existing clients. You are not going to want to miss this one. Are you ready to grow from solopreneur to CEO? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, and I've spent the last decade helping women entrepreneurs start and scale service-based businesses. If you're serious about building a sustainable business, it's time to put the strategy, systems, and support in place to make it happen. Join me each week for candid conversations about stepping into your role as CEO, the hard lessons learned along the way, and practical, profitable strategies to grow a sustainable business without the hustle and burnout. Hey there, CEOs, Rach here, and welcome back to a very special conversation, a bonus episode all about how you can tap into your existing client base to make more sales. This is the hidden money just sitting there in your business if you understand how to tap into it. Often when I'm working with women entrepreneurs, I find that it's so easy to overcomplicate how to get more revenue into your business. We start thinking about all the things that we're hearing in this whole big entrepreneurial culture. We start thinking about we just have to hustle more. We have to focus on getting more and more vanity metrics like followers on Instagram or email list subscribers when really you don't have to do all of that extra work. We can achieve your goal of growing your business without all the hustle, without having to work so hard. It's all about strategy. That's where this special conversation comes in. When I recorded the episode from the series all about the hidden money in your business, how to tap into lifetime customer value and thinking about how you can continue to serve the existing clients that you have, I knew I had to bring on one of our amazing founding members of the CEO Collective, Lane Lyons. 
She is a trademark and business lawyer for women entrepreneurs who believes you can't grow your business from a place of fear. She's bringing her 26 years of experience as a lawyer to protect women's businesses and their peace of mind. Because she knows that all the legal stuff is often intimidating and overwhelming, she makes things simple, straightforward, and easy to understand in plain English with real life examples and funny stories so that you can take action with total confidence to make sure that your business is buttoned up and all of your hard work is protected. When Lane joined us inside of the CEO Collective in 2020, you're going to hear in her story She was very much a one woman show trying to do all of the things in her business herself. But as she implemented the very same strategies that we have been talking about over this entire series this month, as she examined her pricing structure, as she looked at how she could put clearer systems in place and a profit plan in place in her business. And she looked at her existing clients to see how she could continue to serve those clients Her business has made a just night and day transformation to the point where she's actually taking vacation without her laptop and no longer working on the weekends. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. I think it's going to be so incredibly valuable, especially if you're ready to end the hustle and burnout forever and finally have a more sustainable business. Hey there, CEOs. Welcome back to another special conversation with one of the founding members of the CEO Collective, an amazing woman, an amazing CEO, an amazing lawyer who has been such an incredible example of somebody who has really taken these strategies and run with it. Lane Lyons, I am so excited to have you join us here for Promote Yourself to CEO. Me too, Rach. Thanks for having me on. Hi, everyone. Well, as we kind of dive in, I want to kind of start and give people an idea of where you were with your business prior to joining us in the CEO Collective, because what it started with and where you are now is just an amazing transformation. So tell us a little bit about what your business looked like prior to working with us. Yeah. So when I first joined the CEO, I feel like I had a product. I had something... I had clients. And I had a product that I was selling, which was a package of contracts for women who have service-based businesses. And it was a lovely business, but it was just me. And there I was trying to do all the things, very much firmly entrenched in the mindset of, I can do everything. I've got this. No worries. I was booking my own visibility. I was doing all of my own client service. Of course, I was doing all the lawyering, you know, drafting all of the contracts. I was servicing all of the accounts. I was doing my inbox. I was doing my calendar. I was doing all of it. And it was going okay, except I was working every weekend. Yeah. I was working at night. And I remember, remember when I first joined the collective, you were like, we cannot have that anymore. And I was like, what do you mean not work on weekends? It just, you know, coming from the mindset and the experience of being a lawyer, and I've been a lawyer for 26 years, coming from that experience, we as lawyers are not used to self-care. We don't take care of ourselves. So I arrived into the CEO enthusiastic, but pretty tired without even, I think without even realizing it. Yeah. And it's one of those things where if you come from a previous 
you know, culture, like the whole legal world where they're used to the goal is billable hours, right? Like how many billable hours can you do? Everybody's working all the time for you to come out of that culture where everyone works late into the night. Everyone's putting in 12, 14 hour days. Everyone comes in on the weekends to now being in a position where you can recreate the rules of how you want to show up and run your business. It's a big mindset shift to go through. It's amazing. Well, I couldn't do that without having some, uh, there were some things that, that happened along the way. There was, I remember this incredible masterclass that we had in the CEO collective about building your dream team. And it's an idea and a concept. And, you know, I listened to the recordings then I attended the meeting and, but there's often just that one aha moment, that light bulb that just went off. And for me, it was hearing you say, every business has a bottleneck Mm -hmm. and you just have to find that bottleneck. Where are things being held up? And I think at that moment I thought, oh, it's my email inbox. I mean, I knew it was me, right? I knew, I knew, I knew the bottleneck had to be somewhere in me in, in what and in how I was handling things, but I didn't realize that it was so much more than that. And I think it was scary yeah. to step back, to take off, to, to not work as hard as I had been and to invite other people into my business. You know, I hear that all the time now from newer CEOs thinking about adding people. It's you know what? Well, I want to do it myself. I want to do it the way that I know it's going to be done. And oh, it, I hear this all the time. It'll just be faster if I do it myself. I was in that mindset too. But knowing that, well, really just identifying that first bottleneck of yeah. my email inbox and then adding an executive assistant and seeing the power of what it was like and how much more I could get done and still go for a walk. It was amazing when we started going through this process and you started identifying these bottlenecks, the inbox was a big one. And as we continue to have these discussions, you started sharing that one of your biggest challenges in the inbox was that you were getting these brain picking questions that were taking a ton of time and energy and you were not getting compensated for them. And this is such a common challenge for so many women entrepreneurs. Like we've already interviewed a few people about this, but the whole undercharging, over-delivering to the point where it causes you to feel like you can never get away from it. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your experience starting to put those boundaries in place and pulling away from the hours and hours of responding to these free brain picking emails. Yeah. I would love to. I think the first step is realizing it's not sustainable. So I was asking you like, well, where's all my time going? And then of course, as a member of the CEO collective, we log all of our time. We have, I'm sure you've talked a lot about this, but $10, $100 hour, $1,000 and $10,000 an hour tasks. And I realized how much time I was spending in $100 an hour tasks and how much my business needs me to be spending in $1,000 and $10,000 and our you know, concept tasks. So where I first started was accepting that things couldn't grow, things couldn't scale if I stayed where I was. There was a lot of resistance for me to putting up those boundaries. Yes, there and was. To say, right? I see you laughing, right? To saying to people, well, yes, I'd love to answer that question. Go ahead and schedule a consult. 
here's the invoice. It was a big, it, I don't want anyone to think that that just happens overnight. That's a progression. I think it all starts with these, you know, self-worth mantras and affirmations and getting to the place where I felt, okay, what is my worth here that I'm giving to clients and pre-clients really who Mm -hmm. are asking all of these questions and then putting canned emails, templated responses so that what I found was it was more exhausting to have to come up with the language to set and reinforce the boundary over and over again. So having those templated response, canned emails that I could just grab and pull and not get too much in the uh, mindset of, wow, I'm letting this person down. And that's been a huge growth edge and a huge growth opportunity for my business to actually say, well, yes, it's very valuable to have time with me. If you want to have an hour with me and want me to answer your questions, I am on board. And here's how you schedule that time with me. And here's how you pay for it, which I think is one of the hardest things for a lot of us. When we first get started, we tend to feel like I just want to be the person who goes above and beyond and above and beyond. And that over delivery, it does become unsustainable. But what it also starts to do is internally, we have devalued what we have to offer, our own experience and expertise. And that trickles across the business, right? Like it impacts how you price your core offers. It impacts how you price the way you're working with your clients. So it's so cool to see for you. And I know it took a while. It was a few months for you to really kind of wrap your head around it, put these things in place. But it was amazing to see you and you're like, I gave them this email and they just booked a session that they paid for. Exactly. It was huge. It was awesome. And then we started to get into pricing for the rest of your offers. And I remember when you were coming to us looking at these amazing products you have, this like suite of contracts that entrepreneurs can come to you and get a whole suite of contracts and have them zhuzhed up just for their business. And at the time you were underpricing them quite a bit. Tell me a little bit about what it felt like to finally increase the price point on those. Yeah. Well, I think retrospect, right? Looking back in retrospect, it's, you know, hindsight's everything. Nobody walked at the new price. So I think that standing, just if I could give any advice to somebody standing at the precipice of, I want to raise my prices, you can't know how great it feels on this side of it, which was I'm charging the value and probably it's still I'm still underpriced. I, I, I get that, but I'm charging a value and people are feeling that value. And just as many, if not more people are purchasing at that higher price, it really indicates that the value is there. And I think it might sometimes just be a double shift. One, it's an internal shift in a CEO's mindset to think, okay, you know, where does the value lie in this? And am I undervaluing it? And then also, what are the systems that I need in place in order to raise these prices? Am I going to, for me, not only did I raise the prices, but I increased the wow of the customer experience. We really began to to deliver a better, it gave me the time because more money was rolling in and a team was working on things. It gave me the time to develop bonuses that just are are par for the course, part of the offer. And I wouldn't have been able, I was just running to keep up. Yeah. 
That's amazing because when I did this interview with Lisa Kleesh and also with Sarah Young, we had a similar conversation for both of them. Like when you really start looking at your offer as a premium level of service, if it's a match, your dream client is not going to be price resistant to it. They're going to be like, yes, this price is what it's worth to me. And when you give yourself that extra room, to be able to take great care of your clients, that's when incredible things start to happen because then they're really excited about working with you. They continue working with you. They have rave reviews. They refer people to you and they come back and work with you again. They're ready to for your next thing, which kind of brings us to the second part of this conversation because you started off with the signature offer was all about these contracts which is kind of standard. Like every business owner needs these basic contracts, right? So that was the first big offer you put into place. And then you took that, you grew your business quite a lot just off of the contracts. And now you're on track to double again because of one new offer that you rolled out. Can you tell us what the new offer was and who were the first people to buy that from you? Absolutely. So it was a long time in the making. It sounds, you know, that makes it sound like it super was um, a quick and fast thing, but it took two years for me to go back to school, go back to the bar, go back and study and become a trademark attorney. So I had done a little bit of trademark work, but not fully handling the volume that I handle now as I really first and foremost consider myself now a trademark lawyer. The way that that originally happened, the way, it's so interesting because rather than trying to always be on this cycle of getting new people in the door, getting new people in the door, I started asking my existing clients, what do you need? What is it that you, what's the next thing? I mean, I know they all need LLCs and you know, form LLC formation. And that is something that my firm does absolutely helps my clients with LLC formations. And of course the contracts, which are behind the scenes, both your LLC and your contract are both behind the scenes, but Then there came time for this super, super sexy out in front offer of trademarks. So Mm -hmm. I went back, I got ready, I studied, it took two years and we built this incredible offer that at the beginning, all I could service was just my existing clients, which was wonderful because it meant not only was I not needing to get new people in the door, but I was also serving the people who are my tribe. So I have 275 clients at this point. And I tell you, if you have a business and you use a name or a logo to identify that business, you have a trademark and you're from where I stand as a lawyer, your content is the most valuable thing as a CEO that you have in your business. As any business owner, your content is the biggest value you have. And protecting that content begins with registering your trademark. So knowing that that is just the next natural step in a progression in a business's life and in a business's scaling and success, it's wonderful to be able to offer that to my clients. And it has been wonderful, but it's not without its growth edges. So just like needing to say, okay, I'd love to answer all of your questions, but I need you to pay me for that trademarks often have a lot of strategy. So I am again, find myself at a growth edge. Sometimes a client needs 
30 minutes of strategy, no problem. But some clients need two, three, three and a half hours of lengthy conversations to discuss the strategy of where we're going to go with their trademark. I think that's what makes me such a successful lawyer is that I really am all about the strategy. It is not about cookie cutter trademarks. It's about putting forth your best application. But that takes time. And I'm back there at the same growth edge. You know, I think somebody said new level, new devil. I'm back there at that same growth edge, having to really consider if I'm going to be doing a lot of strategy with my clients, I'm going to have to set up strategy block consults so that those can time block so that those can be purchased. So I just want to encourage people. It's never like, oh, there's no arrive. With nope. CEO. There's just keep, keep climbing the ladder, keep growing and get yourself to a place where you love your business. It's so true. And you brought up a couple points here that I think are so important for people to hear. The part of, that you brought up about you asked your clients, what do you need next? What do you need next? And thinking about their natural journey, because when it comes to putting in place trademarks and everything, I know all the lawyers usually are like, get it all done up front. But as a business owner, you don't always know what the brand is going to be or what the name of the final product is going to be. And I usually recommend that most entrepreneurs get into the IP side of things when they're really starting to invest in the scale up. Like you don't want to try to go scale something and then have to start from scratch because you're trademark infringing on somebody else's work. And I've had this happen to clients. I've had this happen to clients who spent tens of thousands of dollars on branding and producing a whole online program. And then they got a cease and desist, had to bring it all down, rebrand everything just because they didn't have the trademark piece in place. So it's so important when you're ready to scale up. It's so important when you're ready to scale up. So for your clients, you met them first prior to the scale-up period when they were getting more of the establishing pieces. And then a couple years later, a year or two into it, now they're ready to start protecting the assets they've been building. And I think everyone can really take that and think about if you've been building a client base, going back and asking them, what else do you need is one of the easiest ways to build the next offer, to come up with the next thing instead of trying to create a whole new offer for a you know a much bigger audience, go to people who've already worked with you, who already know, like, and trust you, who've already paid you and know how you work. They are the ones that are going to be the most excited to pay you again. And when you announced trademarks, you filled that pretty quickly. Like oh, immediately I sold every single spot out and then we la- re- relaunched it again. I sold every single spot out. I can't keep those trademark appointments open. As soon as we open up days on the calendar. Yeah they get snapped up. So people, you know, trademarks, this is where we're coming. This episode is, you know, kind of in the midst of the, the pandemic, right? You know, yeah. we're in, this in a year and a half, there has been a literal flood of new trademark applications because during the pandemic, so many people pivoted, started a new business, started a course, started an offering, started a podcast, And all of those folks want to get protected. They want, you know, you don't really want a name, for example, of your podcast being out there without it being protected. Because here you are, you're creating an audience, you're creating a following, you have assets, you have branding, you have an online presence. You want to know that your name is yours. You know, I used to think that the big value in trademarks was, 
oh, it's going to be my name and I'm going to be able to stop everyone else from using it. But to me, that's like 10% of the game. 90% of the trademark game is your name is yours and you know it's yours and it's yours forever. So, so long as you keep your maintenance up, your name is yours and it's yours forever. And no one can tell you your podcast name is too similar to my podcast name and I trademarked mine and you have to take yours down and take everything down and start all over again. And what, like keep your fingers crossed and hope your audience follows you to the new name. Hope the goodwill you've been creating follows you. So from where we stand, the time to get your trademark is when you are certain that you love your name and you're certain that you are going to make money, that you're going to have a profit, you're going to monetize that business. At that point, that's that sweet spot where you want to get in and you want to get your trademark registered so that you don't spend a year or two or $10,000 or $15,000 doing all this branding only to find out that somebody else already in front of you in the line has that name. So it's really about a CEO figuring out where is her business at? Does she love her name? Is she going to monetize this business? Because if you, there's one investment that I just, your name is going to be out there and hopefully in the spotlight, right? That's what we're all hoping for is your name is going to be out there and in the spotlight. And you want from what I believe is you want to be able to share yourself really fully and really let yourself shine and let yourself be out there. And that little circle R gives all of this confidence to know my name is mine. It says, of course, to everyone else, I have arrived. This business is for real. I've got my stake. I know, Rachel, I know you just got yours. (laughs) So we got our finalized trademark for the CEO collective. And I mean, it's a process. (laughs) We had several things back and forth to get it finalized. But to me, it's definitely like, this is protecting the asset I am building. The long-term asset of this company, of this business I am building, this is protecting that, protecting all of the intellectual property, protecting the structure I'm putting in place into the business, protecting the value of the business. If I ever wanted to sell it or bring in a partner, like these are important things long-term to strategically think about. And that's why this type of intellectual property protection, it's, it might feel so complicated, but I swear it's really not. <laughs> it's, if you're sharing your expertise, I think this is something you have to start thinking about. So I love the way that you have shared this with us and how we've been able to support you in going from the contract offers, watching you grow that, watching you bring your team into play, watching you stop working all the time. I mean, (laughs) tell us a little bit. I mean, you came in, you are a workaholic. I remember you actually had some picture you shared where you had like an exercise bike with the laptop on it. (laughs) You had just told me how, you know, you need more downtime, but then you shared a picture of an exercise bike with a laptop on it. Right. Cause I was like, I was like, I could get, look at this. I figured out a way to like, and Y'all, it was not like an exercise bike that was ready for a desk. It was like two kitchen bar stools on either side with stacks of hardcover books and then a wooden plank that I found in the garage where we were staying. And then my laptop balanced on top of it. And I had to have the laptop really high because my knees, no matter where I had it, my knees kept hitting it. But here I was, I was like, yay, I have hacked the system. I can get one more hour or even 90 more minutes of work done while I ride the cycle. 
come on. I mean, that's a cycle I was riding, right? I was like, this is a success. And I think everybody else was like, wait a second. It was like, um, we need to take a break. (laughs) And then I heard from you that you did things like go away for a week without your laptop. Enjoyed vacations with your friends. That is so like, to me, these are some of the big wins. Like I'm thrilled of all the financial wins and the, I mean, just the amazing growth you've seen in the last 18 months has been amazing. But for me, knowing from the first conversation where you were like, I'm burned out, I'm tired. I don't know how to keep doing all of this to now you're like, I don't work weekends anymore. And I'm taking vacations without my laptop. Yeah. And Thursday afternoons, I take improv and Friday afternoons, I take salsa class. Like I have time to go on walks. I have time to talk every single week with all of my best girlfriends all around the globe. Like I am a different, I'm a different person inside my business. So contrasted from the, I can do it all. I can get it all done. Once that kind of seal was broken and I saw how incredible it was to have other people working in my business, not only because it frees up all, yes, it's amazing because it frees up all that time, but also because then the dream is bigger. There's more people to bounce ideas off of. There are people who are invested and involved and might, I have a very, very super lucky. I have a very creative team. They often come to me with ideas that I didn't even think about that I'm like, ah, that would really make a great new gift for our clients, right? Or something that would really be a great handout to give to everybody. I think that would really help. That only happens because of the power of a bunch of invested women all getting together and chatting about all looking in the same direction on a team. And it's just this beautiful, beautiful power of other people being involved in the business, not just me. And then it's freed up, of course, all this time for me to be more creative, to do things like salsa and improv and book club and phone calls. And that helps me when I get back to work, I'm a better lawyer. I'm a better team leader. I'm a better friend. I'm a better CEO and I'm happier, which is, which is really great. Cause I think there's this misconception of if I take time off, I'll make less money. And, you know, money is, is definitely an important part of keeping a business going and adding a team takes more revenue. So it's kind of, you have to just get to this next level mindset. Yeah, it is a total next level mindset. And it's been awesome to watch you step into truly embracing that the time you take off, that you're away from your business, that you're having fun, you're pursuing improv or salsa or talking with your friends or you know, your health and your well-being, that all is so important, especially as you get into a leadership role, because we have to have clarity, we have to have creativity, and we have to have a level of focus that we can't have if we are trying to pour from an empty cup, right? Like, it sounds so counterintuitive. I know people feel like they have to work harder in order to grow their business, but Truly, I feel like when I talk to you and our other clients, it's like, no, once you get the right pieces of the puzzle in place, you get to pull back a little bit knowing that your name of the game is having the mental clarity and the creativity and the focus. And a big part of your role now is doing these other things so that you can come to work more creative, more on fire, more excited about the work you can do for your clients. Yeah. And and it makes me more creative. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and sometimes I have to be, I know I don't mean creative as far as like writing content, but creative as far as thinking like, how am I going to outwit the examining attorney 
at the trademark office, right? How am I going to argue, coming up with arguments when I'm exhausted and tired? My arguments of, you know, how, what kind of a strategy we're going to pull off to overcome this refusal from the trademark office, they're just not the, I can eventually get there, but it's like the speed and the ease with which those ideas are at the very surface is a completely different game. When I'm fresh and I'm rested, I'm like, oh yeah, these suckers don't know what's happening. I got a full night of sleep. Here we go. Buckle in, you know, a journey yeah. on the other side, because I'm ready to give you a run for your money today. You know, it's Tuesday and I am on. So I love it. And see, this is the attorney that we all want in our back pocket to get our trademarks handled and to make sure that when we're going through this process, we have someone like you who is on it, not someone who's exhausted and can't figure out how to make it work. Such a game changer for you. So amazing. Well, Lane, as we wrap up, I would love to give you the opportunity to share with everybody how they can learn more about your work and connect with you, whether it's for contracts or trademarks, how can they hear more from you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you have been listening to the conversation and you're thinking, I don't even have my contracts in place. I don't have these key foundational pieces. Then go ahead and I'll invite you to just download this simple checklist. It'll tell you exactly what you need. If you have a service-based business and you are have an online presence and you work with other people, you need a checklist to tell you exactly which contracts you need. And you're going to find that at lanelyons.com slash checklist. That's going to get you started with those contracts. And right on that Download is going to be an invitation to book a call. It's a free call. We'll chat about your specific business. We'll look at your exact exposures, which are the places where you're vulnerable. And I'll help you craft the exact plug to plug up any legal leaks that you have in your business. And for those of you who are thinking, oh, I'm definitely past that, but I'm really excited about this trademark. You know, the CEO Collective got their trademark. Lane Lyons is here talking to me. This is fortuitous. This lined up perfectly. Let's get your trademark started. And the place to do that is lanelyons.com slash trademark. That's going to give you lots of juicy information about how, what goes into the process of handling your trademark, why it takes a year. So, you know, if you want to get your trademark going soon and you want to, knowing it's going to be 12 months, Let's get that started. And that's at lanelyons.com slash trademark. And there'll be an invitation on that for you to book a free trademark call with me. I will do a knockout search, which means we'll take a quick peek at the names that you're using, your name, your logo, your offerings, your podcast name. And we will see if we've got a good chance. I'll let you know right there on the call how it's looking for your trademark. And then we'll roll in and we will get started. And the thing about trademarks is really the only mistake that that people can make with their trademark is waiting too long. Yeah. So I encourage everyone with the flood of trademarks, don't get behind someone else, get in front. So let's get those trademarks going. That's that's really privacy and personal information and content are the new biggest assets that we have. So we really want to make sure we're protecting them. Absolutely. So awesome. I highly recommend everybody check out those resources. Lane, before we wrap up today, I would love for you just to share a little bit with anyone who is listening to the show and considering joining us inside of the CEO Collective. Can you share a little bit about your experience to someone who's maybe on the fence or considering joining us? Absolutely. I would love to. The CEO Collective has completely changed my business. So first, 
And as we've been talking a lot in this episode from a mindset shift, I was dumped into beautifully deposited into a group of 20 women who were all in a very similar place at the time. It was 20 at the the founding and we have a lot more members now, but an accelerator, an incubator of women who were at the same place that I was. And so having the power of the big group was amazing to be able to ask questions, our weekly Q&As with Rachel and Amber, having my mentor, Amber, to be able to ask questions. And then also a huge, huge value for me is my mini mastermind. So this is four other women, five of us total. We were set up a year and a half ago. We are still going strong. We Vox every single day throughout the day. We meet every single week over Zoom. We have been helping each other. We're involved in each other's businesses. And just as I was saying earlier about having the power of a team of creative women, these are not women who work with me on my business. These are women who are at the same level. Even though our businesses are totally different, we're all at that same level and we have similar struggles and similar growth edges. So it's wonderful. You know, we often say when you hear someone else describing your problem, we're able to come up with a solution really, really hard. We're in our own blind spot. We're not, we're ourselves, but having a team, having a group of other people who know we're intimately involved in our businesses has really, really helped me accelerate my growth. And then of course, all of the resources in the CEO Collective, anytime I've needed anything, like I'm just about to do a warm-up launch series for a new, a, a new, a bit of a new thing. And here was a document right there in the CEO Collective vault that has a beautiful model for me to follow, for me to see exactly how it's laid out and how it's done. The resources are wonderful. I highly, highly recommend the CEO Collective. I'm still in it. I'm not going anywhere. So I guess I'll see you all on the inside. Lane, thank you so very much. It's just been amazing to have you and to watch your growth. And I hope everybody who listened in today and is looking forward to joining us. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to let us know. We're here to answer them. And of course, if you loved what Lane and I talked about, don't hesitate to hit up her amazing resources. We will link them up in the show notes. Thank you so much, Lane. We'll talk soon. Thanks so much, Rach. Thanks, everyone. Well, there you have it. I hope you loved this conversation with Lane as much as I did. She made so many incredible points about how she was able to streamline and simplify her business so that she could work less and enjoy her life more. And I just want to highlight a few of these because these are the very same things we talk with our clients about week in, week out inside of the CEO Collective. There's one thing I really want you to take away from these bonus conversations that I've been having with these founding members of the CEO Collective is that they've all highlighted it's one thing to know and to hear that you should maybe do these things in your business, to think about, I should have somebody managing my inbox so that I can free up time to focus on higher level tasks. It's one thing to hear, I should examine my pricing because it's probably too low for the level of service that I'm offering. It's one thing to hear that you shouldn't just let people take up all of your time with these brain picking questions, and you should actually be compensated for your experience and expertise that you bring to the table. But it's another thing to actually do it. It takes some work, some inner work to actually implement these things. This is really the missing piece 
It's not just about understanding the strategy on a surface level. It's about having the support system to help you feel confident in making these moves. Because as Lane said, they do push you up against your growth edge. They feel uncomfortable, but nothing we want is in our comfort zone. We have to be willing to get to our growth edge and do things differently if we want our business and her life to look different. So Lane talked about how she found her biggest bottleneck up front was the dang email inbox. And she was in it all the time. She was answering questions that was taking up a ton of her bandwidth and she was not getting compensated for it. And this was a major mindset shift for her to realize she needed to not only have somebody in there to support her, but she needed to put boundaries in place and be compensated. There had to be a point in the emails and the questions she was getting where it crossed a line from a quick question to be answered about a specific product or program to, oh, you actually need to book a consult. You actually need to have a strategy session with me. And here's what that will cost. This was a huge change for her. And it was amazing to see her step into it after she got used to this idea. And it has freed up so much of her bandwidth and made sure she was truly valuing her experience and expertise and that her clients were truly valuing her experience and expertise. Bringing on a team has been a huge piece of Lane's journey. Actually going out there and hiring people to help make sure that she can get the visibility she needed to continuously grow her client base, to help her make sure that she could deliver on all of the services she was being hired to deliver on, whether it's contracts or trademarks, making sure she had that support behind the scenes and helping her ultimately to stay focused in that CEO level role on the things that only she can really do for her business while other people are helping with the marketing system, the sales system, and the customer delivery or customer experience systems. Then the other big highlight here that we really dug into was tapping in to her existing client base to figure out what the next offer was going to be. This is so huge. She started with an offer, a product suite of ready-to-buy contracts that made it really accessible for small business owners, for women business owners to button up that side of their business. But she knew that as that business owner got more established, they would need more legal support. So she asked them and they said, yes, now I'm building these assets. I want to protect them. And that's when she launched her trademark service. And it sold out quickly. It sold out a second time. In fact, I don't think she's actually promoted it publicly because her existing client base keeps signing up to do the contract work with her. This is one of the fastest ways to grow your business is to just continuously keep ear to the ground and pay attention to what your client's needs are, to ask your clients and to be thinking about, well, what will they need next from me? These are the types of strategies we work with our clients on inside of the CEO Collective. If you loved today's conversation with Lane Lyons, you love the insights that she shared about how she was able to double her revenue by looking in her business for the hidden revenue, looking at how she could continue to serve her incredible clients and so many more awesome insights from this conversation. 
then you should come check out the CEO Collective. We are gearing up for our next enrollment coming up May 10th through May 20th. And the best way to find out about that is to join the waitlist at theceocollective.com. The reason I created this program is because I knew there were so many incredible women entrepreneurs who honestly, they know what they need to do. They have so many ideas. They have heard all the latest tips, tricks, and tactics. They understand the different things they could be doing, but knowing what you could be doing is very different from actually doing the dang thing. And inside the CEO Collective, we provide the multiple layers of support between myself, our entire team of mentors, our live masterclasses, our live mastermind calls, so many different resources available to you to help you stay in implementation mode and get out of your own way already. So many of us have these bottlenecks in our business and we find ourselves bumping up against challenges that we just can't figure out on our own. And as Lane said, it's so easy when you're in a group of other peers who are all going after similar goals in their business, who are all doing big things and have big dreams. Somehow we can see more clearly how they should solve their problem than how we should solve the same problem for our business. And that is the magic of bringing ambitious, heart-centered women entrepreneurs together in the same room. You get so much further, so much faster when we do it together. So come check out all the details for this upcoming enrollment of the CEO Collective. Join the waitlist. Be the very first to hear about all the details, all the upgrades that are happening. We cannot wait to serve you this year. 